0: Man, I'm so glad you chose to be here this morning. I just got to tell you, uh, for those of you that are new, my name is Carrie. I'm one of the pastors here, and I just got to tell you that it is like the greatest privilege and honor to pastor this church. I absolutely love our church. I, I just love what God's doing. I love you. I love being a part of it. Thank you, Johnny, for clapping. Nobody else loves the church but me and Johnny. Me and Johnny love this church. And... Uh, I just do. I love being a part of what God's doing here, and I love being connected to your lives. And I just want you to know that. You need, you need to hear that from me, that it's just a, a privilege and an honor to be here. And I'm really excited about sharing today. We're in week two of a series called Faith. Everyone say faith. faith. Come on, say it with some faith. Say Faith. faith. That's good. But before I dive in, I want to challenge you to join us for 21 days of faith. Actually, I think it's like 14 now. But uh, we've been doing three things for 21 days. We're seven days into 21 days. I'm confusing myself. Let me just tell you what I'm trying to say. Three things. We've been praying every morning at Union Market at the Kaleidoscope at 6 a.m., Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. on Saturdays. It's been amazing. There's been about 30 people that have come out. I want to challenge you. Come out and hang and pray. It is awesome. We've also been fasting something. So you could choose something like social media or Netflix, or you can remove all sugar. If you're like really spiritual, you can fast from all vegetables, whatever it is you want to do. I'm just saying remove something from your life that you normally kind of lean on and depend on. Pray with us daily and then get into step reading. I'm telling you, that's our reading plan. That's on our website. And it's just something that happens when you dedicate and devote the beginning of your year to say, God, I want to just see you do something different in my life. And I want to challenge you make it happen. I'm telling you, you would be surprised what getting up and being in a room full of people praying every day will do in your life. It's only 21 days. It's early enough you can get to work. I promise you, it'll be worth it. Come and join us. If you want information, you can text the word faith to the number on the screen. It'll give you all the information that you need, but also, we're concluding this on January 26th with a movement night. We do movement nights once a month. We do worship together to where we take communion as a family, and it's kind of our secret sauce. But this year, on January 26th, we're concluding our 21 days of faith with a movement night right here in this room. We'd love for you to come out, but I've also invited our some local pastors and their churches to come out and We're going to pray together as pastors, as one church, not the movement church, but the church, just believing that God's going to do something awesome. It's going to be amazing. So make plans to come out. Everybody say, oh yeah. Oh, that means you're going to be there. Otherwise you're a liar. So don't lie. You've already started the year off right, but we're looking forward. It's going to be great. Let me dive in. I'm excited about preaching today Uh, and just really kind of just talking through some things that God's been speaking to me specifically in This series is really founded on the theme scripture, which is Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 3. And if you don't have your Bibles, a verse will be on the screen. Or you can text the word notes and get my sermon notes in your phone. You can keep them in there and add whatever you want to to it. Also, you can text the word cash will deposit money in your bank account. You can text the word car. A new car will show up at your house. There's just amazing things. So keep take advantage of our text options. Uh, Those two things are also lies. So let me just dive into today's message. I'm scatterbrained, so let me just dive in. Let me read the scripture for you today. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 and 3. It says this, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for with the conviction of things not seen. We don't hope for things that we see. We don't hope for things that we have. We hope for things that aren't here yet, that we haven't experienced yet. And what this Bible verse is saying is that faith is when I have hope with great conviction that God's doing something, even if I can't see it. It goes on in verse two and says, for by it, faith, people of old receive commendation verse 3 says by faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible in other words the scripture is saying it's the same faith that we believe God created all that we see that God is big enough to handle that he can handle anything that I'm facing the Bible is split into two parts, the Old Testament and the New Testament. And in the Old Testament, faith was about believing that God would fulfill his promise of a savior. It was, Faith was believing that Jesus would show up. And in the New Testament... Faith was about believing that God fulfilled his promise in Jesus. So before Jesus, faith was pointing to him. After Jesus, faith is looking at him. God is building something on the faith that he gave us Jesus as a Savior. Listen. In the New Testament, the word faith shifted from a noun to a verb. In other words, it's communicating that our lives should be, or reflective rather, of of faith and a belief in our hearts. So, what is on the inside should be reflective in how I'm living. Faith is not a thing, faith is a lifestyle. Meaning that faith is a choice. The word faith and believe are synonymous in the Bible and the word believe means to live. So faith isn't something; it's the way that I choose to live my life. And if faith is a choice, listen, it stands to reason that there are elements in the world we live in that will build our faith and there are elements that will drain our faith. And that's what this series is about, not draining your faith. This series is about building your faith, about believing that God, listen to me. Hey, look at me for a minute, church. Look at the depths of who I am. I believe that the greatest days of your life are ahead of you, that God is working miraculously behind the scenes, not for the person seated next to you, but for you and them too. And I want to pray that our faith would be built in, in the next few moments together and that God would do something miraculous. Can we do that? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Let's pray. God, I just thank you that you're here today. I thank you that you're doing something miraculous in and through our lives. And God, we just have great expectation that you're moving in a powerful way. But we know that you're doing the miraculous because the Ravens lost last night. So obviously, you're up to something big. So we, we just thank you that you're a good and faithful God, and also I pray that you would forgive Wes on the keyboard for wearing a Green Bay Packers hat. We're praying he makes it into heaven at some point, but we're not sure. So Lord, save him in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. 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 Would you guys give it up for my friends back here, even though he's wearing a Packers hat? He's my favorite Green Bay Packers fan, and uh, I really am praying for him. So, anyways, I want to just share a few thoughts with you today. But uh, I, I don't know about you, but for me, I, this year I turned 40, which I'm freaking stoked about. Like, I feel so fired up. Like, I'll actually officially be an adult soon. And I was talking to a friend of mine who's got about 25 years on me. And I said, you know, no matter how old I am inside, I still feel like I'm stuck between 16 and 18. Can anybody relate to that? And he looked at me and said, that will never change. I was like, that is awesome. Like I still see things and go, I bet I can jump over that or guys will walk in. I'm like, I can beat him up. I can beat him up. I can't beat him up. I need to be friends with him. When I was a kid growing up, I loved setting things on fire. Did anybody else do that as a kid? And I still really enjoy doing that, as long as it's legal, of course. And uh, my best friend in my whole life, we've known each other since we were four years old. He's a part of this church. He uh, is on our team, one of the most amazing guys that I know. And growing up, man, all we would do was we'd either play with GI Joes, shoot BB guns at each other with no protective eyewear, or set things on fire. And there's something about that that sounds fun today, doesn't it? And and one time when we were, I think we were between the ages of seven and eight. So we're talking 1987. We discovered what happens when you mix a lighter and hairspray. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And it's like this jet stream of just pure flame. And it was It was miraculous. I think we got saved the same day, too. Then we found this gelatin. It was like for a cooking sterno type thing that it would light on fire, and you could, like, make trails with it. You could light G.I. Joe's on fire. It was amazing. So we put this gelatin on the ground, ignited it, and then took this massive can of Aquanet. This is when ladies had to make sure their bangs didn't move. Y'all remember 1987? And we lit that on fire and then stood back and and it was just mesmerizing, and as we saw this jet stream of about two and a half feet come out of the Aquanet can, instantly, we didn't say a thing to each other, but instantly, the same thought dropped in our gut, and Chris ran to the garage and came back with a tool, and we knew without speaking words that if this happened with just pushing the button, how can we make the jet stream even bigger? Can I get an amen? So, We light the gelatin on fire. I'm standing two feet right here next to this. Chris is standing two feet here, lifts up this tool, and punctures the can of hairspray. So now the jet stream has gone from two feet to 20 feet and five feet in diameter, and it's making a noise like a jet engine. Just hairspray. Fire, 20-foot jet stream, hairspray, carry two feet away. Hairspray, 20-foot jet stream, fire. Carrie, do you see where this is going? And Chris takes this can with a 20-foot jet stream, five feet in diameter, and turns it down. And instantly, Carrie, who's two feet away, is surrounded and engulfed in a 20-foot flame. I didn't know what to do. I freaked. This is a true story. I freaked out. The first thing that came to my mind was stop, drop, and roll and kill Chris. Chris. So I stop, drop, and roll, and I get up to run after him. He's running in terror, and I can't run after him because I can't open my eyes because my eyelashes were burned together and shut. I also lost all hair that was visible, my bangs, my eyebrows, the hair on my arms, but I finally managed to open my eyes, and I run after him, and by the time I get to him and I'm about to swing and punch him, this is what best friends do. You just beat each other up. I'm about to swing and punch him. He falls on the ground laughing. I laugh, and we went back to do it again. Can I get an amen? And, you know, there's just something. The funniest thing about that story is we didn't have a conversation. It just dropped in our gut, and we knew. And the thing about that is if you follow your gut inclinations that are foolish, at some point you're going to get burnt. Can anybody identify? But what's interesting about that gut inclination that, that idea that just dropped in our heart, in our gut, it's actually the same way that God often speaks to us. The, the challenge is we've got to learn to tune our ear into what God is saying versus our foolish gut inclination. And I want to just share a few thoughts with you today. In fact, uh, over the last two weeks, I, I got that death zombie virus that other people have gotten. I'm still like on the tail. You can hear my sexy voice. I've, this is not dip in my lip. it's a cough drop, just so you know. <clears throat> and so, while I was slowing down because I couldn't move or breathe or talk or function, God just really leaned in and spoke to me in, in my gut. Not the clouds didn't part. And it wasn't like trumpets playing. I just God dropped six words that I believe are for you and for our church. Last week, I shared three of them. And I just want to challenge you to lean in. I want to share three more today. And here's what I actually believe at the core of who I am, that one of these words is probably for you. Last week, we talked about the words move, breathe, and speak. And today, I want to talk about restore, heal, and expand. And here's what I know. I, I believe in this room That God wants to restore some things in your world. That some of you are in desperate need of restoration. Maybe it's restoration in your marriage, maybe it's restoration in a relationship within your family, maybe it's restoration for your faith. Maybe this series is about so much more than any words that I say because you walked in today or you crossed the threshold from 2019 to 2020 and you're just struggling with faith. Maybe that's what God's going to restore today. Or maybe you just need God to restore you. Maybe you're like me and you have chapters of your life that lasted longer than you wanted them to that you regret more than you could possibly imagine. And you just wonder if there's still hope for you. And I believe that God wants to restore you. Restoration is when we take something that is broken, used, or destroyed, and we restore it to its original intent. And you need to know that that's what God wants to do in your life. In fact, I want to tell you that God is in the business of restoration. If God had a thing, it would be restoration. It's his thing. Like me, I I love Jesus and food. Food is my thing. Can I get an amen? Amen and then my family. They'll survive. Jesus, food, family. That's a good priority. Like literally this week on Thursday, I went to this restaurant, and I had a moment with a burger. Anybody ever have a moment with a burger? Literally, it had bacon on it. It had some kind of bacon jam concoction, and there was an egg sunny side up, and when I squeezed the brioche bun, the egg yolk ran out, and I just cried. Because like, food is my thing. Does anybody else relate to me? I'm dealing with the consequences right now. And so, listen, if, if God had a thing, it is restoration. From the moment he created humanity, his whole heart and hope was to restore relationship with him. So if you're here and you're hoping and believing and praying that God is going to do some rest- restoration work, you need to know it's his thing and he wants to. But I have a question for you, and I think it's important If that's what you're hoping and praying for, are you making his job harder? God never forces himself on us. He wants desperately to restore your relationship, your marriage, you, your faith, your hope. But we can actually make his job harder. It depends on what type of deposits we're making. Are we making deposits of division or of restoration? For instance, if you're praying desperately for God to restore your marriage, but you are making more deposits of criticism versus affirmation, then you're actually making deposits of division in your marriage. No marriage has ever been healed or restored by constantly critiquing everything. Maybe it's time to start bringing in some affirmation. Or maybe it's not in a relationship with a spouse. Maybe it's just frustration with what you're seeing and what you're constantly doing is finding or making deposits of finding fault versus taking some personal ownership. I mean, think about relationships. They don't change by finding fault. It changes when I take personal ownership of things I need to do and I need to change. Maybe you're here and you want God to desperately restore you because you see the chapters of your life where you had more destructive choices than you had beneficial choices. And listen, then I just have some encouragement for you. It's time to start making some deposits of pursuing what God wants rather than pursuing what you want. And listen, I I know that's challenging for me. Probably the biggest challenge that I have is the war or the wrestle between the two of those things. Doing what God wants to do versus doing what I want to do. Because I don't know about you, but I'm pretty awesome and what I want's pretty awesome. Anybody else feel that way sometimes? So doing what God wants is challenging. But I want to tell you right now that restoration is His thing. And He wants to do it. No matter what you have walked through, no matter what you're facing. I love what 1 Peter says and this is an encouraging verse right after it's a little discouraging. Let me read it to you. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10, it says this, And after you've suffered a little while, Encouragement. <laughs> after you've suffered a little while. In other words, God's not going to force himself. There's going to be times where you're going to walk through some things that will be painful, but we take courage like the song we just sang. In fact, this scripture is what that song really is built on after you've suffered for a little while the God of all grace who has called you into his eternal glory in Christ listen will himself restore confirm strengthen and establish you the word restore in this in this scripture literally means to make as if new again hey listen that's a fresh start that's God's heart for you Confirm and strengthen means to give you the tools that you need to navigate the challenges of life. And the word established, literally, what it means is it give a foundation to build on. And if you are discouraged with current scenario in your world, hoping and believing for restoration, this verse is important because God is building a foundation to establish you. Why would he do that? Because he's not finished with you yet. Everybody take a deep breath. If you took a deep breath, God's still writing your story. That's why we read scriptures like Hebrews chapter 12 too. I pray it almost every Sunday. He's the author and the perfecter of our faith, which means he wants to write the story of our life. God wants to restore your marriage, your relationships, your friendships. Listen, he wants to restore your hope. He wants to restore you. God also, I believe, wants to heal today. I believe, listen to me, I believe that God still does miracles today. And some of you might be in desperate need for God to do a healing of a physical nature in a miraculous way. But I also believe some of you that God wants to heal your heart. He really wants to heal your heart. In fact, as I was praying about this message and praying about what God was wanting to say and do in and through each of us, I just felt like there was three different hearts that God wanted to heal. The brokenhearted, the betrayed heart, and the abandoned heart. The brokenhearted, the betrayed heart, and the abandoned heart. You know what a broken heart is? Most of you have probably experienced it. You've probably seen it at some point. A broken heart is when I experience pain By something that is outside of my control. So in other words, I experienced brokenness because something that I can't control or dictate or change, it broke my heart and now I'm experiencing the pain. And you probably, if you're more than five years old, have experienced a broken heart before. And some of us in this room have experienced a betrayed heart. A betrayed heart. And that's when, when there's a, a violation of trust or confidence by somebody who's close to me. Like, like feeling like I've been stabbed in the back. Like, like just wondering, why did, they, why did they not do what they said they were going to do? And, and I, I was supposed to be able to trust you and have confidence in you, but I don't. Some of you in this room have experienced Betrayal. But then there's also an abandoned heart, and an abandoned heart is when someone who's responsible for you may maybe neglected you. You know, part of my job, in the, the fact, that the smallest part of my job is actually preaching on Sundays. A big part of my job is sitting across the table from people in coffee shops and restaurants and helping put the broken pieces back together. And it's just amazing to me how many adults, so much of the things and the pain that they're walking through are based on and related to pain and issues from their parents. A mom or a dad who neglected them or abandoned them or said things to them that caused pain that felt like abandonment. And it's amazing to me how many people today, right now, are struggling with abandonment issues because of something that happened years, maybe even decades ago. And I just believe if that's you, that God wants to heal your abandoned heart today. I, I really do. In fact, I love what Psalms 147 says in the Passion paraphrase. It says, He gathers up the outcast and He brings them home. I love that. Look at that. He gathers up the outcasts and he brings them home. He heals the wounds of every shattered heart. He sets his stars in place, calling them each by name. The song that we sang this morning, you who hold the stars, you called them each by, mine. When, by name. When I read this scripture, I literally just got the image of God taking and placing a star in the sky, and just setting, okay, this is the star. And he, the Bible says that He knows the number of hairs on your head, or like me, the lack thereof. He knows, I guess I should say, that He knows the number of hairs on my back. That would be a little more appropriate. He laughed too hard there. That hurt a little bit. I love this. Look at the scripture. It goes on and it says, How great is our God! There's absolutely nothing His power. Cannot accomplish. Which means no matter how betrayed you feel. Or abandoned you feel. Or broken you feel. There's nothing his power can accomplish. And I believe God wants to restore and and heal your heart today. But for some of you, that healing may begin by choosing to forgive. And you would say, you don't know. Pastor Kerry, you don't know what they said. You don't know what they did. You you weren't there when they walked out. You weren't there when they did the thing that they said they would never do. You weren't there. And you have no idea how it feels, and you're right, I don't. I'm not asking you to dismiss it. I'm not even suggesting that you have to forget it. In fact, forgiveness is not dismissing the moment. It's just removing the power the moment has on you right now. Some of you have allowed a broken heart, a betrayed heart, or an abandoned heart to impact every decision and relationship you have today. And my friends, if your past is affecting you today, it isn't your past, it's your present. And I just believe that you, God wants to heal you today. He wants to heal your heart, and it will begin, for some of you, with forgiveness. God wants to restore. He wants to heal, and He wants to expand. He wants to expand. I I believe that God wants to expand your business, to expand your horizons, to expand your opportunities. Hey, listen, businessmen and women, entrepreneurs those that are starting companies, those that are running companies, those that are working for the man, whatever it is, I believe God wants to expand your horizons. I've been praying specifically for you. I've been praying for new ideas, new business ventures, and and the dreams that are in your heart that you've allowed to grow dormant, I think God wants to expand that today. That this year is a year that we begin to allow God to expand our horizons. There's a Bible verse in 1 Chronicles 4.10 where that talks about the prayer of Jabez, and I'm not sure what your faith background is. If you're new to church, then you probably don't realize there's an entire subculture in the Christian world you're probably not even aware of. It's been around for decades, and we just love Christian things. Christian mugs and Christian t-shirts, Christian music, really crappy Christian movies. We love to go to In-N-Out and lift our cup and read the Bible verse on the bottom of the cup because it's Christian. We just love the Christian. If you have no clue, you're blessed. And there was a moment in the 90s and the 2000s where Literally, the prayer of Jabez was everywhere. There was prayer of Jabez straws, prayer of Jabez journals, prayer of Jabez Thomas Kincaid paintings. If you don't know who Thomas Kincaid is, you're blessed. You don't even know. And it just became a thing. It was such a big deal. It was a thing. And we forgot that it was actually a Bible verse. And I just think I'm going to preach a message about don't make a thing that doesn't need to be a thing a thing. And that'd be a good message, right? And so I just want to read this verse to you because I believe God wants to expand some things in your world this year. Listen to this verse. First Chronicles 4 verse 10 says this, Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, oh that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Listen, I believe God wants to do that this year. Promotions, new ideas, new businesses to start. Job opportunities you, you didn't think were possible. Dreams that you let die years ago. I believe God's gonna do that this year. Oh, that you would enlarge my territory. Listen, to this. let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. Listen, it's time to dream big again. Turn to your neighbor and say, It's time to dream big. Now turn to your neighbor for real and say, It's time to dream big. It's time to dream big again. To go for it, to muster your faith, and to get around some people who also dream big. Maybe you're around people as the band is joining me on stage that all they do is drain your faith. Well, stop hanging out with them. Get around some big dreamers. You know the statement, right? I would rather aim for the stars and miss and be among the heavens and aim for a pile of doo doo and hit it. And some of you have been living life aiming for a pile of doo doo. Stop it. Turn to your neighbor and say, stop it. Now turn to your neighbor and say, stop it for real. Listen, I'm just telling you, if maybe if you don't have some friends in your world that are building your faith, come hang out with me. We are idealists. We are big dreamers, risk-taking, bet-the-farm, big-faith-having type of people. In fact, I've got a morning mantra that I read every day. My kids say it. Give me some more of that guitar, Jeremy. i got to feel you for a moment. And I I make them say this mantra every day. And one of the lines in that mantra is, I will dream big because I serve a big God who has big plans for me. Listen to me. You serve a big God. And he has big plans, not small plans, not Medium sized plans, not little things. He doesn't want you to marginalize your life. You've been marginalizing your life. Stop it. Turn to your neighbor and say, stop it. A lot of times we marginalize our life because it's easier. We marginalize our life because then there's a lot less disappointments. We set our eyes and our sights on things we can actually accomplish because then I can get there instead of setting our eyes and sights on things that are going to be a little bit more challenging, a little bit more difficult because then when I hit that or if I fall short, it's so overwhelming that I feel discouraged. Instead of realizing I aimed at something big and I may have fallen short, but I'm A a whole lot further forward now than I was weeks, months, and years ago. Are you tracking with me? Quiet second service today. It's because I have to yell louder than you're amening. I'm going to amen myself. Amen, Carrie, that was good. I'm just saying it's time to build your faith. Stop hanging, listen, get in a connect group and hang out with some people who are going to build your faith. Start dreaming big. Hey, who in you don't have to raise your hand. Somebody in here has got a business idea you've been sleeping on for weeks and months and you've been thinking through all the negatives and all the practicals of why it can't happen and today is your day to realize that God wants to make it happen. Dream big. We serve a big God who has big plans for me. Well, Pastor Kerry, this sounds a lot like a name it and claim it type message. Well, you know what? You can call it whatever you want. I'm just saying God can do the impossible. So what if we started believing that? He wants to expand your territories. He wants to restore. He wants to heal. And he wants to expand your world this year. No matter what things look like right now, no matter how things feel. Listen to me. That's the problem. That's what stumps our faith is I see right now. I see right here. I see what's discouraging. I'm listening to the bad news. I deleted social media apps off my phone for 21 days. I'm probably going to keep them off, which means I'm reading the news a lot. I don't know if you've read the news lately. There's never anything good. The whole, every political party hates everyone. The world is about to end. Every president is doing the worst thing ever. There's no freedom, there's no hope. Finances are gonna tank. Everybody's gonna bomb everybody. Are you tracking? The royal family is in dis, oh my gosh. Holy cow, Meghan Markle. What in the world is, she's shutting down humanity. She's the reason for the virus that everyone got. Are you tracking with me? stop surrounding your life with all that garbage. Let's read the word and elevate our faith and believe that God is going to heal, restore, and expand some things in our life. Why not? Why not be those people? I want to be those people. I want to be the people you call when you're sick, when you're tired and you're discouraged because I don't know why, but Pastor Kerry's crazy and he believes in a miracle working God. Are you tracking with me? God wants to do that in your world no matter how bad it feels right now. No matter how out of control it feels right now. God wants to do that in your world. Can we let him? Can we let him? One of my favorite hymns is a song called It Is Well. You may know the story behind it, it's beautiful and brilliant. A man named Horatio Spafford wrote the lyrics to that hymn that has been around for almost two centuries now, actually more than, or close, doesn't matter. He experienced tragedy after tragedy. He lost his son to scarlet fever. Great Chicago fires destroyed his business and tanked him financially. He was going back to Europe with his wife and his four remaining daughters, but some business kept him in Chicago, so he sent his wife and daughters ahead. And weeks later, he received a telegram from his wife that said, saved alone. On the voyage on a steamship from the Americas to Europe, their ship collided with another vessel and sank, killing all four of his daughters. And his wife was one of the only survivors. That's some tragedy, that's some now that's overwhelming. And I don't know about you, but if I was him, I wouldn't feel faith. I would be discouraged. I, wouldn't, I would wonder, is God at work in my life right now? The story goes that he got on a ship to go meet his wife in Europe, and as he passed the site where the boat sank that killed his four daughters, he pinned the words to the hymn, It Is Well. The words say this, when peace like a river attendeth my way, listen, when sorrows like sea billows roll. In other words, when I'm overwhelmed with sorrow and grief, when I'm frustrated with where I'm at in comparison to where I'm going, how will I respond? And I love the words that he wrote. He said, whatever my lot, no matter what I'm facing or what I'm feeling, thou has taught me to say it is well it is well with my soul so i'm not asking you to have some type of imaginary faith that is not based on the very real circumstances you're facing i'm just here to say that it doesn't matter what you're walking through god is still working on your behalf no matter how painful your broken heart feels god wants to heal it he wants to restore he wants to expand your world We just have to choose faith. So God is speaking and we're going to respond. And I just want to take a moment before we go any further in our service. And I actually want to pray for some people today. I want to pray for those of you in the room that are dealing with a broken heart, a betrayed heart, or an abandoned heart. I don't want to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to get out of your seat. But I want to just pray for you. I believe God wants to heal that right now. So if you're here and that's you, maybe it's feeling a brokenness or betrayal or abandonment and you just need some prayer, would you just have the courage just to lift your hand like this so I can know I want to pray. Yeah, all over the room. All over the room. I'm going to pray for you right now. God, I thank you that you choose to heal the brokenhearted right now in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you that you choose to heal the betrayed heart, the abandoned heart. I love the fact that the word says that God is our father. So that means that no matter what we've experienced with parents on this earth, that God is a father who never leaves us nor forsakes us. That God is a God who finishes what he starts, that his promises are yes and amen. So God, I pray right now for healing in the name of Jesus. I pray for the strength to forgive the things that seem unforgivable. I pray for peace to flood their soul like never before. In Jesus name I pray, amen. Let me take a moment before we go any further and talk to those of you who just need to begin the journey with Jesus, to start with him. not talking about church membership. I'm not talking about getting rid of your past, but just simply saying yes to him, saying, you know what? I've been doing this my own way, but I'm done with that, and I'm gonna start with Jesus. Maybe you're here and you've never made that decision. Maybe you're here today, and you've been running from God, and you need to make that decision for the, the first time in a long time. In a moment, I'm gonna pray a prayer and if that's you, maybe you've never prayed that prayer, it's time to pray it again. Right where you're seated in the quietness of your own heart or a small whisper, I wanna challenge you to pray this prayer with me. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes, nobody looking around? Nobody moving, if that's you and you've never prayed this prayer or you need to pray this prayer again for the first time in a long time, why don't you just make these words your own? Just say, dear God, I know you love me, that you've given me purpose, God, I'm not perfect. Would you forgive me? And now just make this statement your own. Just say, Jesus, I give you my life. If you prayed that prayer with us today, we are so excited to be a part of this journey with you. Would you email us at info at theocmovement.com? And if you're not in the area, we would love to help you find another life-giving church near you send us an email at info at and we'll get back to you shortly. Thank you again for listening to another inspiring message from The Movement Church.